Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome back to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I'm your host, Andy Storch. And today's episode is a bonus Q&A with Dr. Martha Acosta, who is an internationally regarded expert in safety leadership, working with organizations such as the National Safety Council and many more. Uh, Martha works with a lot of organizations who put their workers physically at risk. Think about oil and gas and construction. But she also works with a lot of organizations on the topic of psychological safety, which is what we talked a lot about in our first conversation. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and check that out. Today's our bonus round Q&A. We're asking Martha about her greatest accomplishment, her biggest failure, which is about moving from individual contributor to managing teams, the challenges and trends she's following in talent development, a book recommendation, a tool, which is a little bit different than what I expected, and some great career advice as well. I definitely enjoyed this conversation. I look forward to talking with Martha more on designing great leadership programs and everything else that she does. And hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. So without further ado, here is my bonus Q&A round with Dr. Martha Acosta. All right, I am back with Dr. Martha Acosta, who is an internationally regarded expert on psychological safety and safety in general and leadership. And if you haven't yet listened to our conversation about safety culture and psychological safety and leadership, make sure you go check that out. Today's our bonus Q&A round. And Martha, I want to start by asking you about your own career. When you think back across your career and all the work that you've done, what's been one of your biggest accomplishments or proudest moments so far? Well, some of the biggest accomplishments for me are just really stepping up to being a leader myself, because I never really thought of myself as a leader. But I started working for Harvard about 10 years ago, and I was talking to somebody. And, you know, I was pretty proud that I got this great gig Mm -hmm. working for Harvard and, and doing this corporate leadership development with them. And this person responds to me by saying, yep, it's a classic example of those who don't or can't teach, right? Hmm. That whole idea of, you know, and I I was really taken aback, right? Wouldn't you be taken aback? Yeah. And I, I just thought, well, okay, I don't really know what to do here, but I'm just going to ask a question if all else fails. And I said, well, you know, why did you, why do you say that? And I guess they caught themselves and realized that they were incredibly rude Yeah, and said, well, I mean, you're not a leader and you're teaching these leaders how mm. to lead. And I was like, okay, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think as, as somebody who teaches, oh. right, you, you, you're a leader. And, mm. and I did actually before I, I mean, I do have a management background. I mm. manage people. But it made me sort of stop and reflect for a moment and say, really, am I showing up as a leader? Am I demonstrating my own leadership? And really, what does it mean to me? Have I done the work that I ask leaders to do? And I, I hadn't entirely. So so you know, one of the things that happened as a result of that is that I started being a leader in my community more. So mm. I sit on a couple of boards of organizations that I really care about. The Los Alamos National Laboratory Foundation that gives lots of money, millions of dollars to supporting children in education in Northern New Mexico and 
we're a very poor performing state when it comes to education. Hmm. And I'm on the board and I have a leadership position of St. John's College, which is my alma mater. And I, it's an organization I really believe in because it teaches people how to think. Hmm. And so it it's one of those colleges that change people's lives because it gives you a whole different perspective on what it is to learn and what it is to to be a lifelong learner. Yeah, that's great. I love that you even you took that lesson. Sometimes we get feedback that it's not the best, right? <laughs> or that we necessarily agree with, but it can often cause us to stop and reflect and think, well, maybe there is something I can take away from this. So they can get better with. I mean, I think the basis for what that person said is kind of utterly ridiculous, right? And the, the example I think of all the time is like if you look at the NFL, you know, National Football League, there's 32 teams. I have to go look, but I bet every single head coach has not played in the NFL. And yet they are guiding the team and teaching players because that's mm-hmm. what they're most qualified to do, right? Mm-hmm. And you can find examples like that in so many different industries. But of course, you know, you, you took a great lesson away from that. And I'm glad you've stepped up as a leader in your these different communities. Flip side of that, Martha, what's been one of your biggest failures or mistakes and what did you learn from it? You know, I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. You know, I certainly always thought of myself that way. I always kind of thought of myself as in sort of an, I'm in love with ideas. So I'm a, a little bit of an intellectual and used to be made fun of for that when I was younger. And I got into this field as an instructional designer. And, and that's a great job for somebody who's in love with ideas and wants to think about how to structure ideas and all of that. But I, you know, quickly moved up to leading teams and designing large programs and then ended up in more of a management position. But I made the mistake that a lot of people do who move from being an individual contributor with a very strong sense of what they're good at Mm -hmm. to somebody who leads a larger team that has lots of different functions and even functions that you don't even know anything about. You know, like I've managed functions like on the job training that, you know, I understand the learning aspect of it, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about the complex procedures that they're, you know, that they're training on in the kind of work that those particular workers and and experts are doing in the field. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, started moving up in my management work, I really had a hard time letting go of my idea of what I was, was good at. And I thought to support my team, I just needed to jump in with them and work really hard. And so one one <laughs> one day in, in a big crisis, in a really sort of stressful, high work situation, I'm I'm in my office. I'm working in the federal government, so working late at night is not valued very much. Hmm. And I'm in my office pretty late and I'm just working and doing a bunch of things. And my boss walks in and says, you need to get out of your office. I said, oh, well, I just have a few more things to do. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I I know I shouldn't work late, work-life balance and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he says, "Uh, no, uh, that's not what I mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, if you're going to be effective in your job, you need to get out of your office. And I was like, what? He says, you need to understand people. You need to know people. There are all of these parts of the organization that what you're doing is influencing and they need to buy in. So you need to go out and develop relationships. I don't want to see you in your office. Hmm. I want to see you 
in meetings. I want to see you in, you know, different facilities. I want to see you building relationships with our regulators, right? Building all of these relationships in order to support your team and get them the acknowledgement, the resources that they, and the information that they need. And so I realized that I had to get over my idea that I'm an introvert mm-hmm. or that, you know, I'm the, I'm all about, you know, I'm going to be successful based on the quality of my work and actually recognize that I needed to help my team be successful by me stepping out of my comfort zone and getting out and having relationships with people who are really different from me and feeling really awkward sometimes and, you know, showing up in meetings when I didn't, where I had no idea what anyone was talking about, but Mm -hmm. just being there. And that was, that really was a game changer in me understanding how to support a team. Yeah, I bet. Absolutely. And such a great lesson that like to lead people, you've got to be out and know your people and build those relationships. That's, that's fantastic. Martha, when you think about the work you're doing in training and development, talent development, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges out there in the talent development world? Hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges in large organizations that I work with is this whole idea of compartmentalization of talent development. And in fact, I've given this advice to people going into this field a lot of times, and I don't mean this as an, as an indictment of HR or the talent development function in an organization, because they are absolutely, it's so important, but so many times it gets isolated And so I always advise people who go into talent development to try to work in the field, right? To try and work in a part of the organization where you're the talent development person or, you know, the trainer or the OD person for an operation and get into operations as much as possible because you have the most influence, you have the most budget, Mm-hmm. You, you can show your value very easily. And so the leader of that operation is saying, okay, I'm going to allocate this much budget to the development of my people because you, they see the direct connection between performance. Yeah. So many times when a talent de- development function even is elevated in the organization, right? They're sort of at, at corporate headquarters. And so it's seen as, you know, you're important, you're actually isolated. And so that uh, that's when people start screaming for ROI, right? They, that's when that's when they start saying, well, how are you actually impacting our performance? And you get shut out of you get shut out of the operational groups. You get seen as somebody who's trying to change us and you don't know us. So I think what's really important is to recognize that talent development is something that is should be an inherent part of operations and work and figure out how best to to do that now i think organizations have been doing that you know in hr there's a lot of hr professionals that are embedded now instead of hr being this <laughs> you know like going to the principal's office which it was in the past and so and and of course they're doing that within talent development too but yeah i think that can be a frustration is if you're in an organization that sees talent development as you know i need to click through this to do my compliance training mm-hmm. yeah that can really really hurt 
how it's perceived. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. Martha, when you think about, again, about the work you're doing in talent development, is there a trend that you're really excited about or that you're following? I'm really excited about the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion in organizations. I think that's a trend, a change that's really happened, you know, over the pandemic, just, just making that sort of, (laughs) this is something that is vitally important to our organization and realizing that creating diversity and belonging is actually essential to the organization's culture and function. And the fact that talent development in many organizations are taking the lead on that and making it a part of people's everyday, a part of people's everyday work. So that I think is fantastic because having a sense that our success, you know, every individual's success in an organization depends on the well-being of the whole group and that and that uh, that the well-being of the whole group actually depends on everybody being able to show up to work as themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it you know is really important. It's one of those places where I see corporations leading the rest of society as yep. far as what's really going to heal our society and make us happy and successful. Totally agree. Totally agree. I see you have a lot of books on the bookshelf behind you. Is there (laughs) a favorite or a book that's made a big impact for you or one you often recommend? Oh, wow. You know, Smithenberg's Paradoxes of Group Life. It was written in the 90s. It's about team dynamics. For this group of professionals, I would recommend that as something to sort of understand the tensions that we face as leaders and that leaders face and how those tensions translate between individual psychology, organizational psychology and dynamics, how we interact with each other. I like it because it sort of shows the complexity of what we do. And it also makes that complexity understandable and helps us not jump to kind of and I I think one of the things that many times our clients, whether they're internal clients or external clients, want us to do is we, they just want us to fix it, right? Mm. And so they they want a program, they want a thing, they want an answer. But human beings and human systems are complex. And this helps you understand that fixing it is not a program or right. a... <laughs> Yeah. A, a class, right? right? Is there a a tool or an app or a resource that you really love that helps you or helps you get your job better or that you really love? Yeah, I I think the the wonderful tool, and this is sort of Edgar Schein's basis of all of his work, and and you know we love Edgar Schein and organizational mm-hmm. development. The best tool in the world is is a question, is inquiry, mm-hmm. right? If all else fails, ask a question. Yeah. I like that. Lead with curiosity. One of my favorite things as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I love doing this podcast. <laughs> La- last question for you, Martha, for those out there in talent development looking for ways to find and achieve more success in their careers. What's one more piece of advice you would give? Ah, you know, I am constantly shocked sometimes when I realize that people don't realize that, you know, instructional technology or instructional design or that, you, you know, that people get PhDs in this, right? That this mm-hmm. is a real profession. So for people who are new to talent development, 
I mean, I, I just really actually want to encourage people to get into it. This is a great place for strategic thinkers. It's a great place for people who are visual thinkers. It's a great place for people who have strong interpersonal skills. It's also a great place for people who are, you know, also sort of nerdy and are, you know, fall in love with ideas. Talent development as a career is so rewarding and it it just you know, you might get started in one area, maybe you're, maybe you're, you know, you're just making little instructional videos, right? Yeah, I, I, my, my nuclear experience that got me a job in a nuclear facility was doing an instructional video on how to don and doff PPE before going into a uh, nuclear power plant. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, you know, but you get exposed to so much information and it's such a great development experience. And, I don't know. I I would just say enter it with curiosity. Yeah. Learn, keep developing yourself and keep letting the world know that this is a highly skilled profession. Love it. Love it. We'll keep shouting from the rooftops over here. Well, <laughs> Dr. Martha Acosta, thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Always love talking with you and look forward to talking with you more in the future. Great. Thank you so much, Andy. All right, take care. All right, that will do it for my bonus Q&A round with Dr. Martha Acosta. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you have questions for Dr. Martha, be sure to reach out, LinkedIn, whatever it may be. You can feel free to reach out to me as well. In the meantime, I want to remind you that our podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank Conference and Community. I know I've told you in the past about our community and how great it is. We have so many wonderful people from all around the world of talent development who come together virtually on a weekly, a monthly basis. And you don't have to, if you join the community, you don't have to join all of our calls, but we do want people who are ready and willing to contribute and share and connect with others from talent development. And we have a lot of ton of great resources in our member vault, as well as live calls we do every week. And we also have a live conference coming up in February, 2023, because I know people, as much as we can learn from each other virtually, people love getting together in person. And so I'm excited to be bringing this conference back. And if you like getting together with people in person, then this is the conference for you. Well, if you like getting together with people in person and you like interacting and learning from other people, this is the conference for you. The Talent Development Think Tank Conference is going to be the least boring conference in the world of HR and talent development because... We do not subscribe to the theory of death by PowerPoint. We are all about creating interactive, immersive experiences to help people truly learn from each other, to connect, to learn, to share, to grow, to share best practices, all of those things. And we're going to be doing it all over two days, actually three days if you buy the optional third day ticket in February 2023. You can find all the information on our website, tdtt.us slash conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. Reach out if you have any questions, and I hope to see you there.